You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show host and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, and I'm being joined by my co-host, Mr. Lorenzo Reyna. Lorenzo, how are you doing today? Lucio, that's a really catchy beat. I almost wanted to bust a freestyle just now. <laughs> well, I love the beat. I, I kind of figured it's almost appropriate. You know, the Game of Thrones theme music, and just like Game of Thrones, where winter is fast approaching, we've got uh, we've got pretty much signing day fast approaching. And you know, I feel like that. You know those memes with the guy from Game of Thrones where he says "brace yourselves." <laughs> I feel like that's appropriate. It's like "brace yourselves." National Signing Day is coming. Oh, it's coming, and it's coming with a fury. And Fresno State has been, you know, hot out on the recruiting trail as of late. And I, I don't know, Lorenzo. Do you remember a time where they've been this hot uh, recently? You know, uh, as of recently in the recruiting front. Uh, getting players, especially with a short recruiting period that Tedford has been able to kind of do here. I mean, one thing I could think about is um, Tim DeRuiter. Yeah, he he did get a good number, a good influx of first time recruits during the first go round. Unfortunately, a lot of those names aren't on the program roster anymore. But you know, I almost feel like in the years that I followed recruiting at Fresno State, this has got to be their most. Re- their most aggressive weekend, but also their best weekend in a long time. Oh, and definitely. I mean, Tedford came into a program where he, you know, there was a number of commits already done under Coach DeRuiter. um, But, you know, as of right now, uh, I believe there's not a single commit left from the DeRuiter era left on this recruiting class. He pretty much cleaned house and has rebuilt a whole 2017 recruiting class from scratch. And basically, I believe they're like seven spots away from filling out the the whole recruiting class. Well, I mean, I will say this. You mentioned how um, that maybe there's not there's no no leftovers from Tim DeRuiter's class. Well, Jesse Chamberlain is still on board, according to what we've gotten, although San Jose State's starting to pull the full-court press on Chamberlain. Patrick June was committed through the DeRuiter area. He's still on board. Mark Salazar is also still on board. But here's the thing, Lucio. At one time, there was just seven commits left from the DeRuiter regime. They're now down to three. And as we know, 10 days from now, or I should say February the 1st, that's the day when we really figure out who these kids are going to be committed to. And you know what? To be honest, you're you're absolutely correct. There's still three players left from the DeRuiter era. And, uh, you know, I have a feeling that we might see maybe by the time the um, signing day comes around, there probably is only going to be two left on that program, uh, on that that list of players. And it's something that we're trying to keep an eye on. But I believe by by signing day there's going to be a quite an an impressive list of players signing up to play for Fresno State and you know some of those players uh, happened just this past you know this past weekend Fresno mm-hmm. State invited a few players in and almost almost nailed every single one of them on their visit to to uh, commit to Fresno State and it's it's kind of been it's it's an unprecedented way of how Fresno State's been doing things. I don't remember them doing this for the longest time of getting players. 
uh, right on their visit. I mean, it's been a while since they've been able to kind of do that. It has. And you know what? There's been some significant names. And two of those names I want to dive into. Wyland Free, former USC commit out of Linwood High. He's on board with Fresno State. You also have Richard Cage, another three-star outside linebacker who was getting courted by some Pac-12 schools, notably Arizona. He's on board at Fresno State now. I know for there's a number of, of people who have followed Fresno State recruiting for many years, and they might look at this as, well, we've seen this happen before. We saw it happen in the Deruta era. We saw it happen pretty frequently in the Pat Hill regime. Well, when I the way I look at it is this. Considering that Fresno State was 1-11 going through a coaching change, this is a big-time recruiting coup to bring in guys like Free and Cage during this time. Yeah, I, I mean, to bring in uh, uh, this player, uh, um, Free, Free, a player who, who was originally committed to USC, is really a, a, a big coup for Fresno State recruiting-wise to bring in that caliber player. And... You know, I think he's going to be an instant impact coming into the program once he arrives. I mean, what's what's your general thought on on free here? I like his size. I like the fact that he's nearly six foot two, close to one hundred seventy pounds. Forty time is four six five, but at the high school level, a four six five forty is actually a pretty good forty. He turned down schools like Boise State, BYU, Hawaii, and then of course the the original commitment to USC. Utah was also on board. He is the state of California's number fifteenth ranked cornerback, and it's a very very deep cornerback class. Free is definitely part of that echelon. Yeah, I tell you what, Fresno State is really, uh, this coaching staff is really focused on trying to uh, solidify a the, the cornerback position. And I think during this recruiting class, they've done one hell of a job doing that by landing free and several other cornerbacks to fill those spots. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying that they've been trying to address the offense, but I think quietly they've been addressing the defense as well i also will say this this is me probably thinking out loud but i wouldn't doubt that voshan crumby's decommitment from fresno state that opened a huge door for wyland free oh definitely and crumby was a player that uh, a lot of the bulldog faithful was kind of hoping to land uh but ended up going with nevada instead and canceled all of his other um you know all of his other official visits which included Fresno State and you know by doing so it opened up the door for Wyland Free to to go ahead and commit and I tell you what I I kind of like the move with Free more than I do with Crumbie to tell you the truth uh and and it's kind of a it's it's kind of a big one for Fresno State it definitely is and you know another player that Fresno State was able to land, and you had mentioned in, uh, was was Cage. I mean Richard Cage, uh, landing him as well. I believe he's at the out outside linebacker position. Yeah, he's an outside linebacker from Eleanor Roosevelt High down in the Corona area. And if anybody's not too familiar with Roosevelt High, yeah, it's in the shadow of Centennial, but they do produce some ballers out there. Cage was one of them. He had Arizona in the mix. Nevada was also on board with offering him utah also was supposedly interested but cage at six foot three 230 pounds he's already built for the college game he's already built to go against a boise state a wyoming a san diego state not only that he's the state of california's number eighth rank outside linebacker so this is another big pickup for fresno state and definitely i mean he he it's a player that uh 
it's going to you know mesh well with the type of defense that Fresno State's going to try to run. And Cage pretty much can do it all. Uh, and, and you know the thing with Cage that I I mean I saw a little bit of glimpses of Cage at Passdown when he was with Ground Zero. He is an extraordinaire at the sideline to sideline pursuits, which is what Fresno State sorely needs. And I felt Fresno State lacked last year because a lot of those explosive plays that a lot of offenses had on Fresno State they came from the outside. Cage is capable of sealing that outside. Yes, he is, and and you know. Uh, He's got. He's the type of player that has a motor that doesn't quit, and it's type the type of player that the uh, that the Bulldogs have seen in the past and have been very successful with. And uh, I believe that you know Cage really fits that mold and should really be you know really do well in the Bulldogs system. Another player, and it's one that Fresno State was very fortunate to pick up, uh, and you believe. I believe you believe that he's a hidden gem, uh, Zane Pope out of Moore Park. And, you know, Lorenzo, what can you tell us about him? You've been able to see him more often than anybody. What, what do you think? What do you think about this move? Huge, huge fan of his versatility. And not only that, I mean, the guy is a coachable player. You want him at receiver, you want him running the football, taking wildcat snaps, playing corner safety. Pope is your guy. Very unselfish, very coachable player. He had offers from Hawaii and Sacramento State. Once Fresno State made the late run at him, it was pretty much a done deal. So, you know, he might, if I could truly best describe Pope's game, he might actually kind of remind people of a taller version of an Isaiah Burst, maybe even a Jalen Saunders, so to speak. And, I mean, if he's as good as those guys are, Fresno State's in outstanding shape, but. You know, Pope was one of those go-to options on what was a very, very stacked Moore Park team. So, hence why I feel like that this could possibly be a, a possible steal for Fresno State. Now, where do you think the, he's being recruited at? It's probably going to be the wide receiver it, position? According, okay, actually, according to Scout, he's listed as a cornerback, but I wouldn't doubt that he's probably going to give receiver a try. I know the last regime... Under DeRuiter, they liked him more as a receiver. I know Burl Toller and Joe Bernardi were interested in him, but then they fell off. Now Fresno State made the late charge at him. Sounds like they want him at, at corner. Well, if he moves the corner, he definitely has the tall, the, the size and the range to play that position since he's listed as six foot one, 185 pounds. But, you know, he could be a moving chess piece for Fresno State. Yeah, I mean, because so, this, this was a move that I was kind of trying to figure out what exactly they wanted to do with Pope because he, he can pretty much be put anywhere on the field, offensively or defensively. And by landing him, it really kind of helps them in a situation later on to kind of, if they need him at a certain spot, they can put him there. And and I guess it's it's a real smart move on the coaching staff's uh, behalf of of really, you know, diving in and, and picking up Pope. Um, but you know, moving on, there's uh, you know there's other names that are still available for Fresno State. And what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, they've got some other positions that they're still trying to field, but uh, you know, they're still. You know, I believe there's what seven positions left to pick up. Yeah, they've pretty much addressed almost every single position. The one position that I, I believe they're still pretty thin at is going to be the defensive tackle position. And I don't know if there's a chance that Fresno State's going to be able to kind of pull something together at last minute there. 
Well, I mean, to Fresno State's credit, they have a hellacious recruiter on the defensive line, Tony Tuyati, who's been just lights out, heading over to Hawaii, Utah, trying to work his connections, trying to offer kids not only late, but also like go after those those early risers as well. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Tuyati pulls something out of the hat and land some pretty significant names, whether if it's Juco guys, whether if it's um, maybe somebody from the high school ranks we may, probably may, might have slept on. But I know that defensive tackle is still a pressing need for Fresno State, but judging by Tuiati's recruiting aggression, I won't be shocked if Fresno State manages to land at least two or three dudes. Well, I mean, they they really need to land something, uh, some type of depth uh, to bring in over here uh, at the defensive line uh, to to really to help them out because it, right now, as it looks with this recruiting class, they've addressed pretty much every position except the defensive tackle. I will say this, unfortunately, and we dove into this last week. Fresno State for the longest time was looking for a defensive line coach. And Tuiati did come in late. Now, to Tuiati's credit, he's been very, very assertive on the recruiting trail. But unfortunately, when you bring in a coach in the middle of January, you're you're in a, a bind because the guys you had on your board, your defensive linemen you had on your board, they might have gone elsewhere because of the fact that they were turned away, that Fresno State hadn't brought in a defensive line coach right away. But now that they have, Tuiati has to work overtime, has to – has to try to work his magic to get some dudes on board, whether if it's Juco, whether if it's even nearby one of the high schools here. Now, one thing I can tell you, Tuiati has really done his due diligence to try and get the, the uh, you know, the, I guess you want to say the, the Samoan type of recruit? Polynesian. Polynesian. Yeah. I, I always I try to remember what that is. Thank you for correcting me. The Polynesian type player. Um, and he is, you know, really out there trying to push the program to, you know, he may not land any this year, but in order for these, the Polynesian players to know about Fresno state, you got to get the name out there. And he's been doing a hell of a job doing that recruiting wise with the, the Polynesian players, uh, who, you know, sometimes go overlooked by a lot of programs and he's trying to build a pipeline there. And by heading to Hawaii, you know, he's he's really starting to open up a lot of doors out there. So I, I don't know. Lorenzo, there's one, uh, you know, at one position, Fresno State has really been landing some caliber type players, I believe, at the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. Something that the old regime really struggled at. And... What can you tell us more about that offensive line? I mean, they, they've been there, able there's to. There's some big boys coming on board. I, I mean, Pesa Tupa from College of San Mateo, six foot five, three hundred thirty pounds. He was one of the guys who committed during this past weekend. The biggest move is getting Mark David Bien Aim from Canada, offensive guard, six foot four, three hundred forty five pounds. Ryan Grubb definitely worked his magic on this. When we're going out to Canada and trying to pilfer this kid. But, you know, because of their size, Lucio, I'm almost starting to believe that Fresno State's going to be a little bit more run heavy because I looked at these guys' film. These guys are dominant in the run blocking and they're, they're built. They're built to push over defensive linemen on those dive in blast plays. And, and it's something that I, you know, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't frown upon seeing. I, I, I like I, you know, I'm kind of old school. I like to see a run game that could pound it, uh, which would open up the pass. 
and this is something that let's face it Fresno State has been struggling for the last couple of years is getting a running game going uh, which would allow the quarterback to to get a little more free and be able to to open up the the passing game they've been relying mostly on the quarterback who let, let's face it has struggled the last couple of years I also want to add one more name now he committed before this past weekend he committed on January 18th but he is a Canadian product from Belmont Secondary School in Victoria Dante Bull, offensive tackle. He's already built to play the blind side at six foot seven, three hundred pounds. He runs a forty yard dash time of five ten. And if you run a forty yard dash time in that magnitude, chances are you got some really, really damn good quick feet. So oh. Bull has that. I wouldn't doubt that he's probably going to be one of the guys who's going to be a cornerstone in protecting whoever plays quarterback. The more I look at it, Lucio, I almost feel like that Bull has the capability of becoming sort of like a taller version of Bryce Harris, who was very successful at Fresno State. Now, I tell you, I've I've been able to watch a lot of film on Bull ever since uh, his name came out that he was uh, going to be joining the uh, the Bulldogs, or he even got an offer. Uh, I started uh, digging into a lot of his film. At times, he was placed at the tight end position uh, and ran out and ran some routes and caught passes. And I tell you what, uh, this this boy can move. He is fast for for a big guy uh and you know i wouldn't be surprised if uh later down down the line in his career at fresno state if they lined him up uh to where he could go out and actually catch a pass not only not only is he quick for a big man but he's got good hands for a big man which is kind of rare for an offensive lineman that's a lineman's dream catching a pass and also catching a touchdown a la devin cunningham a few years ago yeah, so he's he's the type of player that you know can be very versatile on the offensive line, and it's something that the the Bulldogs have been lacking. Uh, the last player that I could think of that was really dominant, I mean, absolutely dominant on the offensive line, uh, Logan Mankins, uh, and he wasn't even recruited out of high school; he was a walk on. So it's it's going to be one of those situations: is what are they going to do with Bull? Uh, as far as where he lines up on the field. And uh, he could be a force for Fresno State moving forward uh, in the future. But, you know, there's there's been quite a bunch of different names that have come on. I mean, offensive line has been a, a position that has been really decimated the last few seasons, and it looks like they've pretty much addressed it uh, at least patchworked it for this upcoming season um, I, I don't know Lorenzo what do you think that what kind of a grade are you going to give them for the offensive line re- uh, recruiting there I'm gonna say B plus I mean yeah we, they may not have these household names but unfortunately when you're 111 going through a coaching change you play in the Mountain West chances are you're not going to get those household names but you know what and looking at Pesa Tupa Mark David Dante Bull even uh, Zaylin to to Piola from Sarah Catholic and San Juan Capistrano, who committed on January 15th. This is actually shaping up to be a very, very decent offensive line class. And also, I want to throw in Clive Truchel, a local product from Clovis West, who was one of those hidden gem prospects on the Clovis West roster. Now, uh, you know, there's another position that that Fresno State has really uh, been struggling that I kind of touched upon. It was the running back position. And they were able to land, uh, what, three new running backs in this recruiting class? Well, there was Jordan Mims out of Menlo Atherton in in the Bay Area who's on board. 
You also got a local product, Nate Jones from Fresno City, who committed December 11th. Obviously, and this is a guy we dove into not too long ago, Ronnie Rivers committed to Fresno State on December the 5th. But, you know, there's three running backs on board, and running back was a, a sorely position of, of need for Fresno State. Now, with those with those commits that they've been able to pick up, do you think that's it for Fresno State as far as the running back position? Do you I, think they I might sneak in another would say, one? Yeah, honestly, at this point, honestly at this point, I think Fresno State likes who they have. It's the same thing with receiver, but I mean, if they do truly get another running back, it's probably going to be for a PWO offer. But you know, Mims a two star, Rivers arguably the um, the more the more heralded prospect as a three. And then you got Nate Jones, who was a hard-nosed running back despite his size at 5'990 and a local kid. I mean, I think I would – I'm not in the Fresno State recruiting room or the Fresno State coach's office, but I wouldn't doubt those coaches are probably pretty content about who they have coming in at running back. Okay. Well, then then there's the players that Fresno State uh, – I mean, we've gone over some of the players who have – who have committed to the program, given their verbal to Fresno State. But there's a, there's a number of players out there that Fresno State has made offers to you, uh, to. You know, who are some of those names that you see that they offered that, that kind of stick out to you to to kind of watch out for uh, maybe here, here in the next few days? All right, so I will put this out there. These are three guys I zeroed in on. I mean... Judging by the late charge, judging by where things stand recruiting-wise for these kids, I won't be shocked if these guys pulled the trigger on the Fresno State offer. I'll start with Casey Roddick over at St. Bonaventure. If you're familiar with the name, yeah, he was a former Cal commit. Earlier this month, decommitted from Cal because of Sonny Dykes' firing. But since then, Roddick has picked up two offers, Iowa State, Fresno State. And I could tell you, I've had, I've spent a lot of time with Roddick down in that area. He's made it clear with me that he wants to stay out west. He doesn't want to drift drift off away from his family, and he doesn't want to be far away from his mom. The fact that Fresno State is his late offer, the Cal offer no longer stands, the Oregon offer, from what I understood, no longer stands, and then the San Jose State offer was through the last regime of Ron Carragher. I won't be shocked if you see Roddick in a Fresno State uniform. So it's definitely one to keep a close eye on if you're a Fresno State fan. Now, Roddick is an offensive lineman, you know, Fresno State picked up quite a few. Do you, do they have room for another offensive lineman in order to kind of fill that void? They, here's a here's a here's a situation though. You you can never have too many offensive linemen if you're Fresno State because we saw the line play last year. It was pretty bad. Roddick is very versatile enough to either play guard or tackle. Now, granted, he was protecting the blind side at St. Bonaventure, but due to his size, he's probably going to move inside at guard. So I wouldn't doubt that Fresno State's trying to bolster its inside game. Now, if they were able to uh, to really add Roddick to this recruiting class, that would really push this this recruiting class to a whole nother level as far as the offensive line is concerned, which could really turn the program around a lot sooner than people expected uh, with the offensive line being at the caliber that it is. And if they're able to land that, you think that this might be uh, might be able to answer a lot of their needs on the offensive line. Hello. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I thought I'm I lost here. you. <laughs> but um, moving forward, another one of those names that uh, is kind of still hanging out there uh, and just recently got an offer from Fresno State is Danny Moraga. And what more can you tell us about Danny Moraga there? 
versatile receiver, but has also played tight end and H-back. Now, here's the thing. Here's the kicker out of this Pacifica high kid out in Oxnard. One thing is, is that Hawaii and New Mexico was in the mix. So it already tells you he's a Mountain West prospect. Thing is, though, is that I had a, I've had some, several sources tell me that Fresno State seems to be pretty content with, um, with their receiving class right now. However, though, I wouldn't rule out Moraga due to the fact that he's 6'3", close to 210 pounds. Something's telling me that Fresno State's making the late charge at him to convert him over to tight end or play the H-back role, basically be that athlete type, maybe even back up Gunnar Javernick or or compete for the starting position if Fresno State does land him. But, you know, when talking to Moraga, he's really convinced about this Fresno State offer. He's convinced with the fact that he's not far away from home. It's a West Coast school. He doesn't have to worry about going out of state. So I would definitely say between now and National Signing Day, the percentage of Danny Moraga landing at Fresno State is pretty high. I would say it's at 80%. Now, as far as uh, Danny Moraga, you mentioned that they may be thinking about switching over to tight end, which would make a lot of sense because according to our numbers, we still think that Fresno State might be going after one more tight end, at least for this recruiting class. So if that's the case, you know, is that transition for Moraga even a possibility that you mentioned? I mean, he's built for it as it is. Pacifica used him in a variety of ways. And he was clearly the guy they wanted to give the football to. But I even saw him at the June Fresno State camp before the coaching changes came out. And Moraga was making some ridiculous catches. I mean, he has tremendous body control and focus with his catches. So I wouldn't doubt that caught the attention of not only Jeff Tifford, but probably also caught the attention of some of the other offensive staff. So, you know, it is a possible move to to get Moraga in there. And uh, since they just recently offered him, I am thinking that they are really serious about trying to bring him into this program uh, in one form or another. So we'll have to keep an eye out on that to see what happens in that situation. Another player, one of another a prominent name that is out there that Fresno State made a visit to just recently here in the Valley and I know a lot of people are talking about this one, and that's with Jalen Johnson out of Central High. And uh, Lorenzo, I mean, I, I don't know I don't know about you, but I think that this one has a possibility of happening, but I am thinking the Bulldogs are just a little too late to the table. With well, this here, here's the thing, Lucille. Johnson is considered a soft verbal at Utah. And the problem is, is that Dennis Erickson was one of his main recruiters from what I understood at Utah and Erickson has now has now pretty much like moved on with his life. He's, he's opened a new chapter of his life. Then this one says that he's no longer associated with college football. So I can't speak for Johnson's behalf and I can't speak for the behalf of like the people who are close to him, but I wouldn't doubt that probably played a role in why Johnson has decided that his commitment with Utah is now considered a soft verbal. Here's the thing though, to consider yeah, Jeff Tedford and J.D. Williams were at his house. And, I mean, as we know, they've, they've had a strong reputation as recruiters during some of their other stops. But I think the biggest thing, if you're Fresno State, is that you also have to bring in Jamie Christian to the fold to try to get Johnson to flip. And here's the reason why I mentioned Jamie Christian's name. It was 2012, Lucio. You probably remember this as well. When Deontay Greenberry flipped from Notre Dame to Houston. Guess who was the coach? during that time that got Greenberry to flip on his decision, Jamie Christian. So 
because Christian's on board with Fresno State, because they're they're making that late full court press toward Johnson, to me, I wouldn't be shocked if I see Johnson in a Fresno State uniform. But if that does happen, that's going to not only be a huge recruiting get for Fresno State, but it might even cause a national uproar. Well, it's definitely one that uh, everyone's keeping an eye on. Unfortunately, we're not able to follow up with uh, with Jalen just to kind of uh, you know figure out what he's. Well, thinking. here's the thing: Johnson did put it out on Twitter that he's going to make his decision on National Signing Day. Now that decision could be maybe he still stays on board with Utah, but my whole feeling is, and we said this before the air, my whole feeling is it depends on what Utah does. Now Utah did bring in Keel McDonald to help run the defensive backs. The thing with McDonald is that he's an aggressive recruiter during his time at Eastern Washington, and he has a lot of respect among his peers in the college football landscape. So it's going to really depend on what McDonald does, but it's also going to depend on what kind of what kind of catch or what kind of what kind of scheme Fresno State implements? Because I wouldn't doubt that Temper's not going to be the only one trying to get Johnson on board. It might take the whole staff. Oh yeah, it's going to have to take the whole staff. I mean, he's he's one of those players who are you know there. He's recruited. He's being highly regarded here in the valley. But not only here in the Valley, he's a national product that everyone is looking at. And so, I don't know, if, if Fresno State's able to land this one, it's definitely going to send a, a shockwave through the Mountain West as far as the type of players that they're able to bring into this program. And it might be able to vault them up the uh, the recruiting class list uh, in the Mountain West. Because currently, Fresno State sits at fourth in the um, as far as recruiting wise uh, in the Mountain West, and if they're able to land a couple of players like Roddick and uh, and Jalen Johnson, they should be able to kind of catapult to the top of the list in the Mountain West, and uh, as far as the recruiting class is concerned. But I, I don't know, Lorenzo. This is this is turning out to be uh, one of those recruiting seasons that has has been fast and furious, and we've been right in the middle of it since the beginning here. And it's uh it's really starting to become really exciting here towards the end, and uh, hopefully we'll see a few more names pop up here in the next few days. Yeah, you know what? This is almost like a like watching a NASCAR race. I mean, we're heading toward the finish line. The checker flags out. I mean, this is it, pretty much. This is where the excitement begins. Now, as far as the Bark Board is concerned, we're going to keep trying to bring you all the latest information uh, as far as recruiting-wise and what Fresno State is trying to to accomplish here. But uh, again, a lot of that information is being made available to our premium subscribers uh, as far as any of those uh, those you know secretive kind of recruiting news. And uh, we're, we're trying to make sure we get that out to our premium subscribers first. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Bark Board to get all the latest news and updates. Um, but uh, I don't know, Lorenzo, what do you what do you think? What, how do you think Fresno State's going to fare here in the next few days? Do you, do you expect to see another uh, full court press on maybe another handful of players coming into the program here in the next Absolutely. few days? Absolutely. You're, you're going to have to. I mean, it's no different than USC, UCLA, even some of the Big 12 schools, the SEC schools. I mean, when it comes to those highly touted prospects and the guys you still have on your big board, I mean, it's going to take a whole army to get those guys on board. I wouldn't doubt that Fresno State's forming that militia right now. 
Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to have to. They're, I mean, one of the positions I know they're going to have to be pushing hard for here in the next few days is going to be the defensive line. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're going to really have to make a, a full court press to try to pick up some of those defensive linemen. Now, Fresno State has a handful of players that uh, uh, they've been waiting on to see what their SAT scores are going to be. So something might be shaking up here in the next few days and we'll have to keep you up to date on that. But with that being said, Lorenzo, uh, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of us? At Red Wave Report on Twitter. Once again, at Red Wave Report on Twitter. Also, please follow the Bart Ford at Bart Ford on Twitter. Give us the like on Facebook. I mean, our Facebook page for the Bart Ford is growing by the numbers. Let's try to hit 2,000 likes. Uh, exactly. Right now, we're, we're pretty much standing right around 1,630 uh, our goal is by signing day, we want to at least have it up to 1700 So if you haven't done so already, head over to Facebook and find our Barkboard Facebook page and give it a like. And Lorenzo, any final thoughts out there? I want to say a quick thank you to everybody who is reading the Barkboard. I mean, it's not easy on my end, on Lucio's end, on Jax's end to track down these recruits, but we're doing our due diligence and we can't thank you enough for reading our content. Exactly. So on behalf of the Bark Board, I want to thank you for joining us on the Red Wave Report podcast and join us again next time as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State football. And so stay dry out there and we'll see you next time. <laughs>